Amen, amen, amen. All right. You know, isn't it fun to get some gifts right around Christmas? We just want to be like Jesus and give some good, good presents here. I have to be honest, the, the Next Room Resource Center, I got way too excited. I kind of got to pick a lot of the books that we have in there, and I like geeked out on it so hard because, you know, you, I mean, we've all kind of been there. Like, you've stumbled upon a resource or a revelation or just something helpful that kind of just made something click for you and kind of took you from one point to the next in your journey. And, and so I, um, we're just excited. We want to, our heart really is just to say, um, none of us should ever get stuck for very long. Amen? Like there's two, first of all, God is, is, has so much. Like there's, we, we never exhaust the well, right? And there's too many resources. There's too many people. So in our journey with God, and our journey to follow him and be disciples, we should never get stuck for too long. And so we're simply saying, hey, if you feel stuck, come and chat with somebody. Come and hang out with us, and let's say, what does God have next for you? We wanna, we wanna keep moving forward together, amen? Yeah. Like Tyler said, um, my name is Chris, and uh, man, I'm just excited for this morning, guys. We've been in a, a few-week uh, Advent series of just unpacking the, the hope of Jesus, the peace of Jesus, and this morning, just a few days before Christmas, uh, we're going to camp here on the joy of the Lord. All right. And I can see by all of your faces that this probably isn't a message that many of you need this morning because we're all just bubbling over. Ashley, you're one of the most joyful people I've actually ever known. So you're, you're in my illustration here somewhere. But, you know, in Luke, Caroline actually read this during, during worship, but in Luke 2.10, the angel said to them, this was the, the, and this was the first time the gospel was ever shared on planet Earth, and it was by an angel. I, I, that might not be correct. I'm not trying to be theological. I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure that gospel was preached in Genesis when they talked about the serpent getting his head crushed. So maybe this was the second time. The angel said, fear not. Behold, I bring you good news of great Joy, this is interactive this morning. I'm gonna need some participation. I'm extroverted. It's like, if you don't make any noise, I'm gonna feel like you hate me, okay? <laughs> so freedom to engage, all right? This is like not a spectator deal, okay? So I bring you good news of great joy, joy right? So <clears throat> we're gonna talk about joy. And we're, I feel like God has something special for us this morning. Uh, and I'm going to be completely honest. I, if when I was first asked to preach this message of joy, um, let me just let me give you a heads up. If you ever volunteer to preach on joy three weeks ahead of time, you've just signed up to have three weeks of every every temporary comfort and joy in your life totally crushed, so that you can actually find true inner joy. So I'm prepared, guys. It's been a rough few weeks. Pletcher family, you know, we're not, we haven't necessarily been the shining example of joy in the last two weeks. Um, so here we are, and I'm, I'm pumped. I feel like God has shown me some stuff in the midst of it. But, but honestly, if I, at first thought, if I was going to preach about joy, I would give you two verses, and I would, and I would leave it at that. It would be a three-minute sermon. Some of you are like, yeah, let's get that one. But... <laughs> The two verses I would give you, you're still going to get it, but then I'm going to give you the, the, the one that I feel like God told me to give you. The, the two verses I would give you are Nehemiah 
and Psalm 1611, okay? Nehemiah 810 and Psalm 1611, okay? Because there's this, um, this kingdom relationship here that we've got to see if we're going to be people of great joy. Um, he says here in Nehemiah 810, we've heard this, this last line here, do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your Okay, so when we're talking about joy, church, we're really talking about strength. We're really talking about our lifeline into the strength of God. And I'm going to just be honest, okay? So I need strength, y'all. I mean, my precious kids, like, they're they're amazing. Um, There's more coming. And there's a lot. Life is full, and I'm not the only one. Your life is full. Life is tiring, right? Like, how many of you just need strength? Like, if you could just have one prayer answered every day, it would be, God, give me strength, you know? So this joy is actually the lifeline to our strength. And then Psalm 1611 tells us where we find joy, right? And Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forever, okay? So where do we find full joy? Okay, so if you ever wonder why I always talk about the presence of God, and I, if you like think, I, I get in a broken record sometime talking about praise and worship and the presence of God, it's because, it's, honestly, it's a message that's been birthed up in my life out of a little bit of desperation because I need strength, okay? I don't know about you, but I do not want my heart to grow cold towards God. That terrifies me. I don't want my heart to ever grow, the fire in my soul, my love for God, to ever grow cold. But if you're like me, there's a lot of stuff coming at your life that is like threatening your fire all the time. Am I alone? Yeah? No. Amen. You're with me, though. Okay? So I need strength, y'all. I need strength. And the joy of the Lord is my strength, and in his presence is fullness of joy. So that means the presence of God and learning how to access it. That's my three-minute sermon on joy. That's just, if you have never heard that before, that's it. It's like you are not going to have what you need day to day. The, the, The road is broad and easy that leads to the, the way is narrow and hard that leads to, okay. We have chosen in Jesus a hard and narrow road. It leads to life, and we all know it. We all know that the broad way leads to nothing that is good and eternal and lasting. We've all tasted that. But this narrow road, it is hard. And if I do not have strength, I am gonna bail on the narrow road for the easy way, guys, every time. So that means that the number one thing in my life that I need every single day is the presence of God because in his presence is fullness of And in his joy, I find my And if I have strength, then I can keep walking the narrow road, y'all. And I don't want my heart to grow cold. I don't know about you. So that's just like, that's just life, y'all. Like that's all I wanna ever talk about is how can we find our strength in the joy of the Lord in his presence? But I, I felt like if I preached that this morning, half of you guys would roll your eyes because I kind of talk about that all the time. And thankfully, the Lord gave me something 
fresh for us that I think is gonna really help. So, so flip to John 15, verse 11. And um, as you're going to John 15, 11, I want to give you a little window just so you don't think, um, hey, here's the, sometimes when people talk about joy, can we just be honest? If you're like kind of struggling or life doesn't feel very joyful and then like the chipper joyful guy comes around, he's like, man, the joy of the Lord's my strength, bro. Yeah, it's just so good. He's so good all the time. I'm just so blessed, man, beyond measure, blessed. It's like the joyful guy can be kind of annoying. Am I right? Okay. So just so you don't mistake me for that guy, okay, I need you to bring you into this epic uh, Christmas tree disaster of 2019 and the Pletcher family, okay? Um, This message of joy is real and it's powerful, and I need you to know that it's not coming out of a place of ease and comfort and, oh, here's the preacher guy, his life's so easy, look at their family. Can we get that family Christmas card? Uh, Merry Christmas from the Pletcher's. Everybody's always smiling, right? That's us. There's a, there's a fifth one in Arlena's tummy, a fourth boy, our fifth child. So this is our family, and um, this is a cute photo, right? Man, if you were only there, though. <laughs> this photo almost killed me. Straight up. But it's a great, Merry Christmas, you know? like So... So um, it's been a rough couple weeks in the Pletcher household. I'll get into that a little bit more later. But, um, you know, I got, uh, I guess about a week and a half ago, I got strep throat. It's been going around. It's been brutal. And uh, so I was kind of out for about three days. And then it was a Sunday morning. I finally regained my strength enough to go seek the presence of the Lord so that I could find the joy of the Lord and get my strength back and lead my family. And so I get up early and I'm, I'm spending time with Jesus, and I'm getting, okay, Lord, and I'm praying over everything, you know, I'm just like, we're reclaiming the environment, you know, like, peace is going to be ours, Jesus paid for it, and I'm having a great time with God, and then my boys wake up, and they come in, and I'm worshiping, I got worship music, my boys, come on, let's go, we're going to worship, which the the word for worship just means bow, so I'm like, guys, we're going to bow before God, because he's God, and we're not, we're going to bow, so all my boys come in, they're bowing. We're like worshiping Jesus. It's about 7 a.m. It's glorious. Arlena and uh, Holland, the girls, kind of join in. And it's like, okay, we're having like a pretty rare family moment, you know? Like, let's get this one on video, you know? Like, and we're like resetting the atmosphere of our home by putting Jesus like front and center. And it's like this beautiful moment. This is like last, this is like five minutes, okay? A beautiful five minutes that's happening. And I have not even said amen. And my precious daughter, Holland, who's two and a half years old and can't sit still for two seconds, she sneaks out behind us out of the glory cloud that we're all in (laughs) and, and leans up on the backside. We've got this janky old fake Christmas tree the stand is broken, and it's like leans like this just all the time, right? It's been a source of tension, and <laughs> that I hadn't fixed this tree yet, right? And so Holland kind of, she, she kind of sneaks up on the backside. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, we enthrone you with praise, and whoa, and the tree just pow, comes down in the middle of our worship circle, okay? The Christmas tree crashes, 
And it's just like everything was lost like that, all of it. This was like two weekends ago, you know? And, um, you know, when you have little kids, you don't put breakable ornaments on your tree because that's just foolish. But we thought, you know, they're getting older. Let's just put two. Like, let's just put two breakable ornaments on the very top, like the 30-year-old ones we have from Arlena's childhood. Let's put, yeah. So they came down. They broke everywhere. And... Um, <laughs> The joy of the Lord is your strength, you know? <laughs> so, so, it's real life, right? I mean, it's kind of like a Christmas movie too, you know? But it's, it's just not everything's like, not everything works out all the time. Like, not everything's easy. So we need to like, whatever revelation, guys, here's my heart. Whatever revelation we get of joy, it's got to fit within reality, Okay? It's got to fit within this real life that every single one of us live that is not a walk through the park. The, the, our pursuit of joy is one of the most important fights we will ever fight. Joy is not easily come by. And if you think that it will, then you're probably going to be missing out on a lot of joy. There's a little bit of a fight required for it. And so I want to show us what that fight looks like over the next 20 minutes and I hope that something will just kind of rise up in us that goes, man, my fight for joy in the Lord is the most important fight that I fight every day. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength, and strength is the one thing that's going to help me make it on this narrow road. Okay? So, John 15, 11. Are we cool? Did I drink too much coffee this morning? I need to like, Okay. This message has been uh, um, paid for, okay? <laughs> oh, Jesus. I want you to see what Jesus says about joy, and I want it to mess you up in the best way. John 15, 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be where? in you, and that your joy may be full. All right, church, take this moment in for a second. Jesus wants your joy to be full. Your joy is very important to him. Whatever this thing is, this joy, this pursuit of joy, it is on the heart of Jesus. And so we've got to rewind this scripture a little bit and say, because he just said, these things I've spoken to you that your joy would be made full. So what did he just say? Let's just rewind it to verse seven. This is the chapter of the, the vine and the branches and abide in me. I just want to look at a couple of verses here. And I feel like there's an um, important revelation for us if we're going to have this kind of full of joy. So let's, let's roll it back to verse seven, okay? Jesus said this, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father's glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Don't miss this one. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love 
just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, here we go. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. Okay. We are on some holy ground of revelation for joy. Jesus just said three or four sentences and then said, I've just told you this so that your joy would be full. Pretty important three or four sentences maybe. So I want to just kind of unpack them. We're not going to camp here forever, but here's the relationship that I see in these few verses, okay? So first of all, Let's pull up that verse 10, if you don't mind. Uh, John 15, 10. We've got a few things going on here, right? And so let me just arrange them for us, okay? We've got abiding, we've got keeping his commands, and we've got fruitfulness and joy. And I, I want to submit to us that they kind of go in this order. Because look here, it says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide. And the verse right before that, he said, if you abide in me, you will bear fruit. And so these things I've I've said that your joy would, would be made full. So if I'm logically unpacking these few verses together, I want to submit to you that this is the order that we get to this full joy, okay? Number one, we keep his commandments. Keeping his commandments enables us to abide in the love of God. That word abide just means to remain, to stay connected to. So what helps me stay connected to remain? It's actually by keeping his commands. I stay abiding in his love. I stay abiding in his love. I bear fruit. And apparently this threefold thing of keeping his commands, abiding in his love, and having a fruitful life is the key to what? Full joy. Raise your hand if you are seeing this with me. It's okay if you're not there yet. I just want to know kind of where we're at. Okay. So we got to understand then this relationship. Keeping his commands helps us abide in his love, have fruitful lives, and walk in full joy. So I want us to talk about keeping his commandments And I know it's a few days before Christmas and you don't maybe want like a a real heavy message and this is not my intention, but it seems to me that in these few verses that true and lasting joy is not gonna be found outside of obedience to God. It's not gonna be found outside of keeping his commandments. Are you with me? Now, many of us, though, think that the word obey is a bad word. I mean, raise your hand if you've ever, you hear the word obey, and you're kind of like, oh, just be honest. Just be honest. If you've ever felt like obey is like, guys, this is, I'm not trying to, to like call anybody out. This is me, okay? This was me for years as a Christian. I had a major problem internally with authority. And so 
This led to me having a major misunderstanding of the simple power of obedience. And I would say, no, no, no. We don't need to talk about obedience. We just should love God because we just love God. We don't need to talk about obeying God. But I didn't understand that my, my hesitance to talk about obedience was actually rooted in an issue that I had with authority. Because... The Lord has set before all of us life and death, blessing and cursing. Do you know the simple choice that rests in the middle that enables you to access one of those two options? It is to obey and to choose life. Obedience is when we come into alignment we come into agreement with God. It's not just, I'm gonna roll up my sleeves and just I'm just gonna obey because it's the right thing to do. That's what we've kind of turned it into. But it's actually an issue of aligning. So before I lose everybody, I wanna, I wanna talk about music. Okay, can I pick this guitar up for a second? Chase, are you cool with this? Okay, so, thanks bud. Okay, so... When you, when you play a guitar, okay? Oh, perfect. Okay, this is so perfect for my example. Did y'all hear that? Do you know why that sounds terrible? Because this string is out of alignment. It is out of agreement with where it's supposed to be. It's disobeying, okay? <laughs> Oh, disobedience is yucky, man. I mean, are you with me? That sounds nasty, man. This, this string is out of alignment with where it should be, okay? And so how are we gonna get this string into alignment? Well, we actually have to have a standard by which to measure it, okay? And so on this thing, there's a tuner. Tell me it works, Jesus. Maybe down here. Oh, come on. So, so this thing has a standard right here. It's a tuner that's telling me what truth is. And so I get to turn this knob. Into agreement. with the standard. When I get this string into agreement with the truth, whoa, I played the wrong one. I played the wrong chord. Isn't that beautiful? Okay. So guys, we got to get away from being so freaked out about obedience or, you know, no, obedience Keeping his commandments, you know, it's Psalm 119, it says, I have um, tr I've stored up your word in my heart. Let's get Psalm 119 up there. I have stored up my word. How can a young man keep his way pure? 
by guarding it according to your word, by living in agreement with your standard. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Let me not get out of tune with truth. I have stored up my word in your heart that I might not sin against you. So the great journey that we're all on as disciples is getting the word of God into our hearts so that we begin to have the, tu- the standard that we're trying to tune towards. You know what I'm saying? That little thing I turned on the side of the guitar, that becomes this. This little battery pack, this is the tuner. I store it up in my heart. And then it tells me when I'm out of tune with truth. Isn't that beautiful? So that is called keeping his commandments. They're in here. They become the standard by which I tune my life towards. And so, guys, I think that there's no lasting joy outside of obedience to God, outside of alignment, outside of being in tune. There's no lasting joy. So if you're experiencing a joy problem, here is my gentle, I am not trying to hammer you because I experience joy problems often and I have to tune like all the time, okay? So if you're experiencing a joy problem and I'm there with you, it might be because you're experiencing an obedience problem. It might be that you're experiencing an alignment problem, okay? You guys ever, your car gets out of alignment, right? And you're kind of like, oh, it just stinks to drive with a car that's out of alignment, right? And you're just like, oh. And you're kind of like, is it the road or is it my car? Okay, and you're like, they've all been there. Okay, I can't tell. Is the road slow? Is it the road? Or is it my car? Are you with me? Okay, so in this instance, okay, um, you are the car, okay? We go through life sometimes and we, get, we begin to like, our joy gets out of alignment. We begin to have a joy problem. And we're like, it's the road. <laughs> Not me. If my road was just flatter, if my road was just smoother, if my circumstances were just easier or better or what, it, fill in a mil- it's the road. No. Yeah. It's you. Yeah. It's you. Yeah. It's me. Guys, yesterday, it was me. <laughs> Lord, I mean, just some things happened and some just battling with some stuff in my mind and man, my joy just evaporated, you know, I'm like, man, you know, and I kind of like, you know, text a few friends to pray for me, maybe, maybe it's just the road, you know, and the Lord's like, no, Chris, it's you, something's out of alignment. That, that doesn't even necessarily mean that it's my fault, like I, like I chose something terrible, but there's something in my mind that's not in alignment, in agreement with God's truth, and I'm, I'm like, and I hit the rumble strip, you know, like, it's you, it's me. Guys, we need an alignment. We store this up in our hearts, and it becomes the tuning fork. Oh, and it keeps us in joy. It keeps us in joy. We gotta reclaim obedience as a good word. Do you guys know Romans 1 talks about the, entire, the entirety of the gospel and the entirety of the message we preach? Is, it says about the obedience of faith. Obedience is not a bad word in the Bible. 
It's actually a lifeline into our joy and into our abiding in alignment with God. Jesus, guys, you know that Jesus obeyed so much that he died on a cross? He was literally obedient to the point of death. So obedience is a good word. But here's the deal, y'all. Let me be clear. This doesn't mean that life, I've already talked about this, will at sometimes be very challenging, very disappointing, and very painful. And so how do we find joy in the midst? So, so part one is there could, we, we gotta come into a line. If, if we have a joy problem, ask God if you're having an obedience problem somewhere and you need to come into alignment. But sometimes you're in alignment with God and life can still be very challenging, very disappointing, and very painful around you. Amen? Amen. So what do we do? What do we do? <clears throat> we act like Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. We act like Jesus. It says, we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. So we lay aside every weight and sin and we run with endurance this narrow road race that we're on and we look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross. <clears throat> You can be in alignment with God and there is still very disappointing, challenging, painful things going on around you. And so guess what we get to do? Look to Jesus and endure. Just like you will not have much lasting joy outside of obedience, you will not find much lasting joy without some endurance. Do you see that? for the joy that was in front of him. It was set before him. It was, it was over there somewhere. Jesus endured. He endured. What are you enduring right now? What is hard? What's disappointing? What's painful? Don't stop enduring. Don't stop enduring because there is joy on the other side of your endurance just like there was for Jesus. And so we look at him and we say, Jesus, if you endured for joy and you suffered through the gauntlet of the crucifixion, then strengthen me. I guess, Jesus, I need to get into your presence. Follow me here. I need to get into your presence. And I need to spend time with the one who endured. And in your presence is fullness of and your joy, Jesus, will become my. And when I have the strength of an enduring Savior in my soul, I can endure any disappointment, any challenging situation, any pain. I can endure. Do you see what happens? Oh, this is so beautiful, guys. I did not see this until this morning. I feel like this was the cherry on top of what God was trying to show me through this. I come into God's presence 
and he gives me joy so that I can be strengthened to endure for more joy. He gives me what I need at the outset in his presence so that I can get through the gauntlet, whatever it is, and receive the more joy that's on the other side. Using joy to fight for future joy. That's good, huh? Using joy to fight for future joy. Some of us have come into hard circumstances. I get it, y'all. We talk about Halloween, you know, as like the holiday where there's this most resistant, oh yeah, you know, the day of the dead, spiritual forces of darkness, you know, just ramp up at Halloween. I'm fine, fine, I get it. I've experienced it, cool. Man, but in my world, the opposition I encounter at Halloween does pales in comparison to the opposition that my family and many other families encounter these two to three weeks around the birth of Jesus every year. Halloween, y'all can take it, man. It's this season where we're fixing our eyes on Jesus, where we're proclaiming his gospel time and time again that God came, y'all. He didn't leave us in our mess. He didn't leave us in our junk. He didn't leave you in your pain or your bondage or whatever it was. He came, y'all. And so I, I get it that around this time of year, there's like hard stuff. There's hard stuff. But some of us, guys, I say this with gentleness. Some of us are trying to endure on our own strength, straight up. You are trying to go through the gauntlet on your own strength that you are never meant to endure on your own strength. And we just gotta come right back here to, in his presence, it's fullness of joy. And the joy of the Lord becomes my strength. And so when I get into his presence, I can, I can at least make it through lunch. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna be honest, you know? So y'all wonder why I talk so, we talk so much about the presence of God? You wonder why we talk so much about praise? We're not just trying to be the worship guys. It's because praise, Tyler read Psalm 100, enter his courts, enter his, come into his presence with singing, enter his gates with praise. Man, the gateway into the presence for us is praise, it's thankfulness, it's worship. And we, it's, it's the starting line. It's the starting line for this great race. Using joy to fight for future joy. So we won't have much joy without obedience, alignment. We won't have much joy without endurance. Are you guys okay? And lastly, we won't have much joy without an eternal perspective. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 12. I call this the Ashley Hardy verse. And I was not saying lightly when I called you out as being one of the most joyful people that I know. Ashley and I have been dear friends since college. I mean, it's gotta have been 15 years or so when her and Tyler were dating. And um, when they moved here to plant Antioch, Arlena and I were actually at a different church at that point. 
and we reconnected with the Hardys, and um, we were in a season where we were just kind of jaded and a little burnt out on religion and uh, lifeless churchianity, and we were hungry for something more, and the Hardys came here with Ant- and started Antioch. And uh, we, guys, we didn't even, we never even came to a service. We like never even went to a single Antioch event. We just hung out with these guys on the couch a lot late at nights while we were struggling through where we were at. And we just walked away every time going, man, these guys are so refreshing. They're planning a church. They're not on the broad and easy road. I mean, they, they are going as narrow as it gets and they're alive. And so much of it, I mean, Tyler, you carry joy too, man. I'm not, I'm not leaving you out of this. Okay, but, but Ashley carries the joy of the Lord over 15 years of friendship, probably more consistently. And it's been 15 glorious and hard, and it's sometimes just really ugly and challenging, gut-wrenching, the journey of planning a church, and now our families sharing life and this whole thing together. It's not like, hey, this is going to be so fun. Let's lead a church together that comes against the gates of hell. I mean, if you think that we're all just like skipping through the fields, you know, like having fun, man, it's not been that way. But guys, Ashley carries the joy of the Lord because she carries 2 Corinthians 4. 7 through 12, in her bones, in the pit of her spirit. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in us. Skip here to verse 16. Same passage, same revelation. So we do not lose heart. How many of you don't want to lose heart? How many of you, keep your hand up if you want to be vulnerable today, feel like you're losing heart, feel like you have lost heart, feel like you've been tempted to lose heart? I said earlier, I I cling to the revelation of God's presence out of desperation because I don't want to lose heart. And the only way for me not to is to get with Jesus, like regularly. Do not lose heart. How many of you want to know what he's about to say? (laughs) Tell me how, please. Tell me how to not lose heart. Though our inner self is wasting away, sorry, our outer self is wasting away. Guys, our inner being is being renewed day by day. Remember what Jesus said? I've said these things to you so that my joy may be in you, in you. My inner being is being renewed day by day. By what? By joy. My inner man, this light momentary afflictions preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, they're temporary, but the things that are unseen are 
eternal. We will not have much lasting joy without an eternal perspective. If your eyes are down here on the temporary, you're, you're already losing heart. We gotta get our eyes up. We gotta get our eyes up. We gotta come into alignment. So we're gonna stand. Let's get the band up here, guys. And um, I can tell that this is, a, this is a holy moment for a lot of us, not because I'm the best preacher on the planet, because the word of God is living and active, amen? And so the word of God is active right now. This isn't like, oh, cool, it's time to leave church. What's for lunch? This is where it all counts right here, guys, in the next seven minutes, okay? How many of you have felt the active word of God speak something into your heart today? How many of you have felt the spirit of God the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Have you felt the sword of the Spirit, the Word, cut something in your heart today? It's because the Word of God is living and active. And so right now, this is where it all counts. You get to step into the next seven minutes wherever the Word of God hit your heart, and you get to respond and say, Lord, cut it all the way. What, what, where are you going? So we're going to get a few of our life group leaders, prayer team up here, and we're going to Whatever God has done in your heart, I'm not even gonna give a call, okay? I'm not even gonna say, maybe he's doing this or that. No, no, no. You know, the spirit of God knows. So prayer team, life group leaders, there's a moment for us to respond with what the word of God is doing in our hearts. And I wanna just, mm, this is my hope for the next seven minutes. Okay, the next seven minutes. Look at Romans 15, 13. Tell me this doesn't just tie the Advent season together for us, guys. Talking about hope and peace and joy. Look at this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. This is our prayer for the next seven minutes. Whatever you need, whatever God's doing in your heart, guys, the next seven minutes that we would be literally now filled with all joy, filled with peace. So whatever your need is, whatever the word of God is touching in your heart, press into that with us, will you? Jesus, Jesus. Chase, are you glad that I got to tune your guitar for you, man, while you're off stage? I'm not trying to be distracting, but I don't want us to forget. There's an alignment, guys, that we need to come into, and it's where our fullness of joy is found. So go ahead, I'm gonna pray. If you need prayer or want anything, guys, just start coming forward. Lord Jesus, right now, I am asking you, King of kings and Lord of lords, to release fullness of joy in this room, Lord. We need it, God. We need you to minister strength into our hearts here in your presence. We need to abide in your love. That's the invitation right now, is to abide in the love of God and to get back into alignment with the full joy of the Lord that is yours because Jesus paid for it. God, come, do what only you can do, we ask. In your great name, amen.